Hi, and welcome to The Big Juggle, the podcast where I talk to fellow mums and experts in their fields about navigating life with a baby or two in tow. I'm Jessica Weinstein, and today I have the pleasure of talking to two women who are best friends as well as colleagues. They've built businesses together and supported each other while they grew their families. They are Davina DiCarlo and Sarah Auerbach from the handbag brand Aurora London. We talk about launching a new business at the same time as having children, learning when to switch off that mobile phone, what it's like to have your business partner literally finish your sentence, yes, that does happen during the podcast, and the spot the handbag game they play with their children when out and about. Just a note to say, apologies for the sound quality in some places. This was recorded remotely during lockdown and when we were all getting used to an extra element of juggle in our lives. So can you start by just telling me a little bit about Aurora? So your, your tagline is luxurious, affordable leather handbags. So would you describe yourself as a boutique handbag company? How would you describe it? So I think the, the it's an interesting tagline, the sense that we came, that tagline is quite new for us, but we feel it encapsulate what Aurora London is all about. Um, the reason we started Aurora London was predominantly because we were huge handbag aficionados. We absolutely love great handbags. Um, and it was something that when we were younger, we we loved um, spending our salary on. We really enjoyed browsing and looking for the next new hot thing. Um, as we sort of got older, as we had children, suddenly it wasn't really something that we could necessarily contemplate in the same way. But we still had that urge. We still had that desire for, for, for a beautiful bag. Um, and we, we sort of asked ourselves, we looked at each other, so why, why shouldn't we be able to have a gorgeous bag, a, a designer style bag with beautiful leathers that doesn't cost the earth. And it just seemed that there was nothing out there that, that really answered that question. Um, so for us, it's really important um, when we're designing or making a brand that we create something that is luxurious. Uh, it's not uh, made with uh, secondary type leathers, um, but actually it's made with you know leathers that are sourced from Europe, from Spain or from Italy, um, that everything is designed in, in Spain. We manufacture all of our bags uh, in a leading um, artisanal factory based in southern Spain um, and that actually there was no compromise and that it still remained affordable so that was very key from the start and it's something that we think about every day when we make when we make and we design our bags. And Aurora London isn't the first business that you've run together is it? No. You met at high end, in a high-end beauty PR company is that right? We did. So we first met. Um, we first met at LVMH. Uh, I was doing the marketing, and Davina was working in PR. And actually, we we met. We, we first met at an event for the brand, and it, I was actually wearing a Tanner Kroll bag at the time. And Davina um, approached me and said, "Oh, that's a great bag." And that was the thing that actually broke the ice between both of us. But we we were both doing marketing PR there. Absolutely loved our our time. But we had. I guess over the lunch breaks and over all the events we attended, we always used to chat about creating something unique, something of our own. And I know that Davina's, uh, Davina certainly came from an entrepreneurial background. Um, and my husband was an entrepreneur at the time. And I think it's something that we, we always felt we wanted to do. We wanted to create something unique um, and we wanted to develop and grow a brand ourselves. So it was always at the, at the, you know, in the back of our minds um, and then in 2007, we had the opportunity. Uh, we took a bit of a, a bit of a, well, not a big risk and, and left our, our, our stable jobs 
and set up an event management company where we organized um, and managed bespoke events for leading corporates. And it was a job that took us, you know, to lots of cities over the UK, to all over Europe. We went to some fabulous cities. We met great people. We organized some unforgettable events. Um, but as we both started to have children, it was something that became a little bit, a little bit more complicated in terms of logistics. So it was then that we looked at what you know we wanted to do and what we wanted to create and we thought back to that initial love of handbags and the fact that we couldn't couldn't afford a beautiful handbag we thought this is something this is a problem and it's something that we can answer and there grew Aurora London. What was it about working for a big firm versus working for yourself that you found better for the work life situation because some people would say that setting up on your own especially starting a new business would be harder when you're also starting a family? Yeah, I mean, I think Sarah and I both felt the same. One thing that I always say to people that ask me about running your own business, I do think, firstly, it is invaluable to get corporate experience under your belt. You know, for me personally, having worked in in PR, in top um, companies, um, agencies, and then go, getting the in-house experience, that taught me so much about just general working life, how to structure things, how to... Um, work with other people, how to get the most out of your working life and to, to use that to leverage other parts of your life. So working for a big company was really, really, is, is I think, a very important grounding to starting your own business. Then starting your own business, I think, honestly, it suits some personalities and perhaps not others. You know, you've got to be a, a risk taker. You've got to be able to bear with adversity. You've got to be a grafter. And these are some of the things that you don't learn in a big company when you're cushioned by a brand name that's well respected, that has unlimited budgets. You know, you live in a kind of a little cocooned universe where anything is possible as soon as you pick up the phone. So when you do decide to set up on your own, those things suddenly vanish. And even though we had, you know, the the brand names that we'd worked for and the experience that we'd gained under our belts, suddenly when you're starting out on your own and you don't have that so much behind you, people are more sceptical. So you've got to graft more and you've got to work a lot harder to make those doors open for you and for to make things happen. Plus it's your own money on the line. So, yeah. you know, your appetite for risk has to be quite big, but equally your ability to turn, you know, realize your dreams and um, turn the ideas into something that works and is tangible and people appreciate that takes a lot um, so for, I think both for Sarah and I, we felt that we'd gotten to a stage where we'd worked in big companies, we'd, we'd gained as much experience as we felt we could. Um, and then we were ready for that. And actually, like Sarah said, you know, we, when we set up Fresh Attitude, we were very, very young and naive. Um, we hadn't we, we, we were married and had met our partners and were settled in that way. We hadn't quite started to have kids just straight away. So Fresh Attitude was very much our first baby, but we were very naive and we just fell for leather. There were so many events management companies out there and that didn't phase us one bit because we really believed in what we were trying to achieve. We felt and we knew that our ideas, our hard work and the ability to realise company's ambitions into something that was unique and tangible would in time set us apart um, and then over time as that snowballs and you get more used to working for yourself and you set up a pattern and a team 
that really is something that we I think we both feel money just can't buy you know we might not have had the steady salaries to begin with that you would get when you work in house or the stability however the ability to make a decision go with your gut not have to go through so many layers like a it's like an onion working in an organization there are so many layers and you have to get one idea approved by so many people that often by the time execution comes around it's not as fresh or exciting as it once was when it was still in embryo stage and still to this day you know when we come up with our designs and we work together to kind of look at what's out there what's needed what we feel would benefit ourselves as well as our customers um, and then just executing it um, and moving quickly as well with it with the times I mean obviously this has been a very testing period but I think the to move quickly and work in that way has been quite um, important. Davina, um, you mentioned obviously there's more of a risk when you're starting your own business um, you know, financially and you don't have the cushion of a large company or the support there. Um, so when you set up Aurora, um, even though you'd already run Fresh Acid, fresh attitude so you knew what the benefits of having your own company were you knew that for you that was what you wanted um how did you kind of justify the risk in you know to yourself um and balance it with having a new family so um to be honest with you I think firstly we had we both had the slight luxury of having a bit more experience that we did when we set up fresh attitude so we'd been in the game for a long time um we understand the nut we understood the nuts and bolts of setting something up and what was needed in order to take it through the test of concept phase which perhaps we weren't so aware of when we started fresh attitude so aurora you know we were very certain of our idea um we knew we had the financial means already um to help us through the test of concept stage and bootstrap it so that we could get it off the ground um So I think that we were in a slightly different position. Obviously, there was a a risk because we didn't know if it was going to work or not. But I don't feel that we felt the same as perhaps we would have, you know, had we started Aurora back when we started Fresh Attitude. Um, But there's always a risk. But actually, for us, I think that the thrill of starting up something far outweighed the kind of the the risk or the fear aspect we were really excited by what we were about to embark on you know and it was something new and we were really really excited by it because at the time we were quite adamant that there didn't exist that nothing else existed like it and how quickly did the business grow so the business actually it's it's interesting the business the test of concept phase uh, we grew very quickly um, and one of the reasons was that one of the first bags we launched was up, which was our Willow bag, which is still around um, in our portfolio today. We decided to do a paid promotion um, with, I don't know who, Felix, where it's an editorial yeah. uh, newsletter run by our friend um, Georgie Coleridge Cole. So we paid to do a promotion with them, sent them the bag, and they came up with the editorial and they likened it to a Celine bag. It wasn't the same, obviously, but it, it had the the appeal and slightly similar to one of their bags. And the way they worded that um, e-campaign was just, I mean, literally, we would have paid threefold for what we actually paid. And literally from day one, 
the sales just went through the roof. And actually that that did blow our expectations because we we were hopeful, obviously, and we had an, a feeling that it would do well. But that literally just we sold through all of the first quarter stock literally within the first two weeks. And from then we were just wow. slowly building. Um, so it was it was quite a kind of exciting time. And then from that, we just kind of built slowly, but surely we built the business up. And, and at that stage back, you know, five years ago, Instagram was a beast. It was so much more user-friendly. The algorithms weren't so strong. So Sarah doing the Instagram side really helped get the name out there as well. And that was a huge boost to the business. When people say, you know, what was the key to your success? I'd definitely say good product um, and, and great value. But equally, social media was intrinsic to the growth of our business initially. That's really interesting because I suppose if you look at Instagram and also Sheer Lux, you're like completely targeting an audience, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Um, you're, you're really accessing the people that you want to buy your bags and I, I suppose they they're the people that do want to buy your bags that like you found your perfect it was business. it was such a good fit it really worked and um it it really did that and Instagram got the brand off the ground mm. so uh you could, Sarah was doing the Instagram so we I think um, at the time well it, it was Davina's absolutely right Instagram has changed quite quite considerably I mean at the time we launched it was it did feel I'd say a little bit more like a like a closed community like it felt that it was um much more about people giving their insider tips and their sort of personal tips from one to another and it had this this sense of um familiarity um and then, of course, they, there was the launch of Reward Style and Like to Know It. Now, we got quite quickly onto that, which enabled influencers to if, except, effectively monetize what they were doing, which which made sense because obviously influencers have to have to pay the bills and 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 have you know feed themselves, etc. So it, it made it made complete sense. So it became much more of a business operation, and obviously, then when Facebook took over, then it became a, I'd say a completely different behemoth. Um, so it's we were we we were thrilled to sort of get a start with Instagram um, earlier, you know, as, as as early as possible, because I think we were able to really create um create a conversation with our customer and understand her better um you know and, and equally just uh, if you look back when we first started it was so hilarious because it was literally picture of <laughs> and the bag go home but it did work back then because instagram wasn't as stylized like it is today and people totally bought into it you know we'd, we'd instagram a bag and we get sales off the back of it Mm. And also, I think what was important for us is it was it was a way to, to to understand our customer. I mean, still to this day, everything that we do, we think of what that customer wants. And in fact, the customers are brilliant. The customers have given us great ideas, inspirations on colors, uh, ideas of what leather types they want. Um, you know, it, it's a, for us, it, it is a two way communication um it's the more we understand about what our customer wants and and how she is the better we can create the products for her so it's it's super important social media has been the fund you know huge fundamental and huge essential to the growth of our brand 
And do you still have conversations um, via social media with your um, with your buyers? Yes, we do. So, I mean, we're we're on Instagram the entire on on social media the entire time. Um, And and when you say you're on social media, it's you as in the brand. So we're behind we're behind social media, and it's really important for us to keep that contact. because not just in terms of uh, in terms of the customer dialogue but in just seeing what you know what makes people tick what people are looking for what trends we see um and we follow a multitude of people um a multitude of brands and it's amazing how you just get complete inspiration and how you do get that sense of of community and that sense of understanding what where people are and how they look at things where they want to buy i i think now you know there was originally we talked about a marketing funnel and how it sort of went from seeing the brand i think they used to say you know you need three or four touch points and then your buyer brand that's completely changed now and i think instagram and social media is 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 the reason why it's changed it's much more of a of a of a dialogue now people really want to understand the brand see your brand communicate with a brand and know that you're listening so how much time does that take up for you then a lot in all honesty a lot uh, and <laughs> and i think we we've got better at it because i think it could it could take even more if you wanted it to um you know it's 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 really important for us to to be on social media to listen to what people are saying so we look at it every day we engage with it every day but i think also recently to and i have had to put in our own um our own sort of limits to to how much time we spend on there um like everything mm. because obviously social media is on 24 and if you're actively posting and responding to comments and monitoring um how people are using your account um you could theoretically be working 24 yeah. 7 so how how do you navigate so, that? We do it in state. We do it in stages. So I we I once got advice from a um a social a social media uh, a director, and she said what she used to do is she would log times of the day. So I I will check Instagram morning, um, lunchtime, and evening, and I will time myself, and it'll be sort of thirty minutes, maximum forty five minutes, and just be looking through and just seeing what information there is so whether it's our followers whether it's people we're following and whether it's trends and just see if there's anything whether it's commenting or whether it's answering queries but it'll be three times a day that i'll be doing that and you you limit i do limit it because Um, what we found was at the beginning it's an easy thing to completely get sucked into you know half an hour can easily become an hour and a half if you don't time yourself yeah so so we absolutely limit I, i absolutely limit myself but it's 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 still something that I feel is is necessary and important. And we do get, you know, we do get much better engagement if we are able to understand the customer better, even though it's got harder. The algorithms have made things harder, but it's still very, very important part of the brand to be able to communicate what our vision is, what our look is, what our collections are. So do you, do you split the workload between the two of you? So you have your three times a day, and Davina has separate three times a day. So we split, um, we split it. So there are, there are, you know, with the business, we have areas that we both, we kind of cross over on most things, um, but we have our areas that we look after. So Sarah's very much in charge of Instagram, as she mentioned. I look after the company newsletters. Um, I oversee customer care. We have somebody that we employ that, that does that for us now but that's still quite a full-on job 
um, and liaising with our logistics and warehouse team. So we each have our own individual roles that we just let the other get on with. Um, because otherwise, you know, Instagram is really important, but that's not the driver of the business anymore. Um, it's a part of the business, but we don't rely on that to drive the business forward. So it doesn't merit, you know, more time than Sarah is able to give it. I mean, I can't imagine it's a nine to five job, but do you have like a hard stop, um, as they say, um, you know, you, when you go home, that's the end of the working day and you're with your family or do you integrate your family at other times of the day and then you continue working late into the so night how do you uh plan so your I think it varies and I think firstly Sarah and I it's really funny because we've worked we know each other so well and we've worked together for so long we're like a, a married couple so we kind of know what each other's responses are going to be we're going to have an idea of what the other one's thinking when we see something we work very fluidly but very cohesively we discuss things throughout the day and then we our thing to get something executed um, and then we work on a kind of weekly monthly quarterly basis so we know what we have in front of us um, I think the way that we work just change it changes it depends on you know the time of year there are some parts yeah. of the year that's super intensive um, when product designing is going through samples are being made visits to the factory are being made when we've got to go to leather fairs um, those times of the year are super, super intensive with a lot of work going on. And then once that gets put to bed, you know, we'll work on, we'll have other things that are constantly bubbling over that we can manage quite easily. But in terms of our working day, it's, I think we're very good at compartmentalizing now, having been doing it for so long. There are still times when we get it wrong and we stress ourselves mm -hmm. out. Um, and then we have to remind each other to just switch off or not worry about it. And there are kind of start and stop times. And yes, sometimes we have to work in the evenings, but we're getting better and better at kind of not having to do so much work in the evenings. Um, the business is now set up in a way where it's very, very well oiled. And we have spent the last two years working really hard to kind of um, bring in third party experts in distribution, in um uh marketing um in web development which means that we can work with our experts and kind of although we're very hands-on with them we can lead them to get on with their job which allows us to work on the business and not have to spend so much time you know kind of getting into the um small details and that taking up our whole day I think also mm. when you when you set up um, your own business, I think it's it's right to say that it's very hard to ever really switch off, um, you know, holidays, evenings. Yeah. There's always um, an element of you, I think, that has got uh, this sense of you're thinking about it or you're mulling over ideas or you're thinking, oh, gosh, I, you know, what could be the next, you know, the next trend, whatever it might be. So I do think it's, it's hard in, in, in a sense to, to switch off when when you're working for yourself. Um, it's been interesting, actually, because I think this lockdown um, has, it, I think, it's, it's been hugely beneficial to the way that, that, that we work. I mean, in a, in a way, it's been harder. We don't see each other every day like we usually do. But you also have to prioritise. Um, and I always thought I was good at prioritising. But actually, this lockdown has taught me that I have to juggle so much the work, the kids, um, the actual the the physicality of people always being around you uh, little people has been yeah. has 
has really taught me that there are sometimes you just you just have to switch off and you you know what will be will be and you will you will come to it tomorrow you just have to accept you can't physically do it that that day and so that's been a good I think that's been an incredibly good learning for me personally with this lockdown and how old are your children so my two are 10 and 7 and mine are um six and four (laughs) they range in ages (laughs) and they're a very similar age to aurora as well right you're right my son was born in 2009 we started fresh attitude events in 2007 and aurora was 2016 i'm 14 at the end of 2014 apologies 2014 my fault so your children have grown up alongside the growth of aurora um which is, I think, very interesting. Kind of like this extra, this extra baby um, that's the same age as your babies. What lessons have you learned um, from? I suppose from seeing the business grow at the same time that your children have grown. I, I feel like it's a fairly unique situation. It is. To I mean, I, for me, it's it's definitely been it's definitely been a lesson in multitasking that's for sure I think there's been like everything there's been positives and negatives um you know in terms of the positives I I feel very proud of being able to show the kids and they're proud of it that you know that we've created something um I know my kids love doing spot the aurora bag when we go out so if we you know if we're out (laughs) there's, there's some poor soul carrying a bag my kids will be running up to me saying look, look look she's wearing an aurora bag and that is really exciting they're, they're super proud of that um and yeah. you know and, and in in creating our own business because we have some flexibilities there have been times as well when in the summer you know i can take them to to the beach and things like that and we can go on our on our own i can work around that so it's, there's been a huge flexibility in our work life um balance that i i wouldn't have got working for a big company um the disadvantages are we didn't get maternity leave um you know it's it's there is no break we are we are a a small company um and we have to do a lot of the a lot of the major work ourselves we don't have a big team um so when you're when you're doing when you're working creating and developing a business and you've got young children there are times when that multitasking does feel you know overwhelming but all in all i'd say it it has been amazing to see the business grow and see the children grow um and i do feel i do feel i do feel hugely hugely grateful for having that that chance you know to build to build a company and to spend time with my kids at the same time and we were talking um a bit before the recording started what is it makes you a successful businesswoman and makes you a successful parent what do you think having worked for both a bigger service brand and then also launched kind of two businesses from the ground up what skills do you think you have or have you taken from these experiences into your parenting um, and vice I versa think that- definitely we've got a very thick skin now even though sometimes we don't feel that we have I think that having you know worked relentlessly for so long um, and established two businesses from the ground up and having had four kids in between that at various times we have been through an an incredible amount Um, and for me what it's taught me with my kids very it's taken a while if I'm honest with you is to be very patient you know patience and business is something that I've had to learn and yes. being patient with my kids is something that I've had to slowly 
get better and better at. Um, I'm not a particularly patient person. My husband always laughs that when I say that I'd like something, he always tells me to chill out that I ain't going to get it straight away. Um, <laughs> so he needs, you know, he really puts me in my place. But I think it's really taught me that I have to be much more patient. And I definitely feel that I'm much more patient than I used to be. Um, mm. And that benefits both the business and my children and my own sanity. And probably Sarah um, sometimes maybe a tiny bit benefits from me being a bit more patient too I think that it's just made me realize that you know good things do come to those that wait things you know everybody is on a different path things come at different times it's very easy to compare yourselves to others look at others trajectories but the fact that we have worked non-stop whilst having two kids and a very very lean organization where we've done most of the, the lion's share of the work up until recently um, has been incredibly um, rewarding and challenging in equal measure. Mm. Um, so, you know, we've all kind of learned and we've all taken on things from it. But I think those are the two main things. And just to, to basically just to take it as things as, it, as they come much, much more than I used to. <laughs> I think that's it. Isn't it? I think also that I, I, to add on to Davina's point that, you know, when we started, I always felt that that you get to a stage where you you felt you had achieved and you had done what you needed to do and what I realize is that actually you never do stop going for the next you know going for the next sort of accolade or going for the next um are you working on the next objective it's, it's a it's a sort of task that never ends you're always on to the next thing and I that's something that I definitely um feel I can accept and understand more my I always wanted to get things done and make sure I could move on to the, you know, always appreciate that was done and move on to the next thing. But now I realise actually it's a, it's a sort of never ending circle that you keep on going on and, and you keep on learning. There's always something new to do. And do you think um, as your children get older and they're seeing you running your own business um, and as you say, they recognise the Aurora handbags, do you think, what do you think they're taking from this experience? What, are they absorbing from you as working mothers and as I suppose um influencers I think they've got a huge reality I think it's a huge introduction to reality um it's really funny actually because <laughs> Davina's point at the beginning where she said she's really grateful and she felt it's super important that she worked for a big corporation I wholeheartedly agree with that and that's something funny my kids are my, my eldest is 10 and he sort of talks about you know we what happens next you know you go to university do you get a job or do you start your own thing and we've we've always said to him that actually whatever happens you want to get experience you need to get experience before setting something up of your own because there's so many fundamentals that, that you learn and I think they see what I'm doing and whilst they they do appreciate the the, the creativity and the fact that we they're proud of of what we've achieved and the fact we've created from scratch there is also a realization amongst them that it, it is a it is a tough job and it is a lot of hard work um and you know i think they understand that whereas people talk about being an entrepreneur and you sort of think of all the positive aspects of it and all the freedom and all the flexibility you will have there's the reality which is yes you've got the flexibility you've got the freedom but there's also a, a huge amount of risk and a huge amount of of work that goes on behind the scenes whether it's you know working on the weekends thinking about it during the holidays there's never ability to switch off 
So I think they're very, I think they already get a, a clear insight into what running your own business really means and really entails. What's next? I mean, is there business number three so in the I pipeline? Think, um, at the moment, we're still very busy growing Aurora London. You know, we've been very ambitious for where we'd like to see it go. And there's a, still a huge amount of work ahead for us. You know, we have a big ambition to t make this brand as big as we can. And as Sarah mentioned, you know, as a small brand, it's so thrilling when you see women in the street or at the supermarket, or you hear from friends saying, you know, we saw your bag. It would be a dream for it to become a household name and, you know, Aurora London to become the go-to brand for women looking for luxurious bags that are affordable. There's no compromise. And not just in the UK. I know it sounds grand, but I would love to see that as a, you know, a global brand. And I think we both feel that it definitely has um, the components to become that, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do in order to get it there. And so slowly, slowly, you know, we have been looking at how to grow the business. We've now embarked on a third party marketplace um, strategy where we're working with partners to get the brand um, out there and distributed by others to kind of increase our reach and there's a huge amount of work there to do so for me I don't see another business in the pipeline but I see taking this a lot further um, and that's going to take up a considerable amount of time but one thing I would like to do you know I've been personally I've been working since I graduated I haven't stopped and what this lockdown has taught me is looking after myself and I love yoga mm -hmm. and I've just been practicing it more and more and I do want it to become more part of my life and I do want to, um, to my health my well-being my friends and family I want that to become intrinsic to my life and not just something that I bolt on you know yeah. as and when I've got a bit of time I want it to become part of my life like getting up going to work so I think dividing up my time between those three things my family our business and my personal well-being is really important to me yeah well, I suppose that's you lose that a lot I mean any working mother any working parent it. probably loses no, the you just element of and, and especially when you look back you know when um, you've had young kids you it's such a blur when you look back and you suddenly realize when you start I don't know doing a bit of exercise or looking after yourself firstly how good it feels but also oh my goodness I can't believe I haven't done this for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I could just have touch my toes again and also, I think even taking that time out, it makes you even, it makes you, well, obviously, it's better for your mind anyway, but it just, everything becomes more clear when you take some time out. Um, and to me, it's right, you know, when you, when you sort of get into, when you get a bit onto the, onto a wheel and, and, and sort of start pedaling and, you know, you keep going, keep going, you kind of forget that actually it's really important sometimes just stop get off that wheel and take some time out for yourself and it's it can be very hard to justify it but when you do it you realize it's so much more beneficial to, to you to everyone around you to your business to everything um so i think there's i think he's right there's so much that that we've learned um as, as a business but as people out of this lockdown i think also that's something that you benefit from as your children get older That's and true. more self-sufficient 
um you know you're not doing everything for everyone all the time um you know my children are three and nine months and I can't even imagine (laughs) um, a life where I'm not doing everything Uh, you know cooking all the meals feeding them their meals cleaning everything up monitoring them you know there's no downtime um but then as your children get older you know you've got a 10 year old for example I'm sure there's there's a lot you're obviously still doing for them um but you can kind of leave them no, to their true. devices you're, you're, for you a while more, can't you you've got more flexibility mm. and you know it's so funny I remember someone saying to me that the older to get the bigger the problem so I think you 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 probably you you get I can see more um more more in-depth problems that you have to deal with but it's your actual data you're not as exhausted by them in the same way um it's not as relentless as you said yeah um so there are two questions that I'm asking everyone that I'm speaking to um and the first question is um I suppose somewhat related in a way to the idea of um, looking after your children all the time um but what product wasn't around when you had your children but is now um and you wish you could have had um so i i don't know about you Davina, but i've had a, i've so i've had a bit of a think of this and i don't know whether i, I don't know this is a bit cheating but it's not a product um it's an attitude so i think when when okay. i had my certainly when i had my first i i assumed that um I assumed that I could, you know, it would, I would be molding, the child would almost mold to what I did. You know, I read all the books. Uh, I was very prepared. I was super excited. And then, of course, um, my my son came along and he didn't play ball because he hadn't read those books and hadn't, um, he was just a normal baby and was up in the night and, and there wasn't really a solution for him being up in the night. And I just wish I had really, really listened to more people around me just to say you know what calm down because it will all it will all be fine they'll grow up they'll end up sleeping um you'll get your sleep back and all will be okay but I I did fret too much I sort of um didn't listen to the people around me um and I wish I had I wish I'd listened much more to the advice and spent less time worrying about you know was I ever going to sleep again and more time actually just saying you know what he's not sleeping but it'll be fine I will sleep one day and just enjoy the moment as well just enjoy the child um and I just wish I had I had done that a little bit more rather than fret so much every first time parent I think has probably looks back on certain moments whether it's sleeplessness or you know even just hanging out with their children and thinks I wish I'd taken it in more I wish I'd worried about it less and um the the next question is um what's the best advice you've been given either in business or in um, parenting there's no point in worrying and it's funny <laughs> I love that, that, yeah. that one that has taken that has just come with age and I do worry a lot less than I used to when I was like in my 20s um or in my teens even I, I've always been a, I'm a Virgo I'm a warrior by nature because I want to do the best that I can and <laughs> I stress myself out about making everything perfect um, but what I've come to realize is it doesn't matter what you do, nothing's ever going to be perfect. So actually just taking more of a, 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 a kind of relaxed approach to everything and not overthinking things makes a huge difference. It makes a difference in business. I find that if I don't think or worry about something as much, 
the outcome is usually better than I would envisage. Yeah. Um, and equally, we sorry, equally with the kids, if I just leave them to their own devices within reason and just trust that, you know, what Tony and I are doing and um, what they're growing up with and what we're teaching them, if we kind of just leave them to it, it will you know, come, everything will kind of benefit them in the right way. And it does. And I see that in their daily actions and how they think and behave. So I think that has definitely, for me, it works. I believe in it and it works. And I definitely, having a slightly more hands-off, laid-back attitude works wonders. I, I totally agree with Davina. I think, you know, the nature of, of Davina and I setting up businesses, at the beginning we were, we were control freaks because we had to be. We had to be... Uh, we had to get the business off the ground. We had to get so much done in a short space of time. Um, and I remember actually when, when thinking of this, getting um, a card, it must have been a year ago for my mum. And it was a, it was, there was a quote, it was a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. And it was, you can, you can often change your circumstances by changing your attitude. And Davina, and that, that quote and what Davina's just said is so apt because you you will always be control freaks about a certain thing but there's a point at which it doesn't it doesn't merit to control it doesn't merit to worry about it you have mm. to let things take their course and if you change your attitude if you change the way you you worry about things and stop worrying and sort of accept them it is amazing how how much things can actually work in themselves out um so yeah I, it's funny Davina I think very much that sometimes just stepping back and just allowing things to happen um something better will come come out of it that's really interesting and um i love that um your answers are the same um it's interesting how people always say opposites attract and me and tony my husband we always laugh because we are not opposites we are so similar in our work ethic in our outlook in our personalities the only thing the differences we have is that he's slightly more hyperactive than me he doesn't need as much sleep I, um but generally we're the same <laughs> I think Sarah and I are very similar but yeah. with my opposite I'd probably kill them <laughs> <laughs> would irritate Never get the hell bad. out of me knowing that we're on different frequencies and we don't get yeah. each other we don't have the same mm. capacity we might think differently which would obviously benefit each other but I don't know, I'm surrounded by like-minded people, so I find that much more beneficial to my personality than being opposites. And we are, we do finish, Sarah and I do, it's like we have some form of osmosis, because even though we're not yeah. together all the time, we kind of know what the other one's thinking. No, it's true, it's it's true. It, I think it, and it's lovely that, because I think you, you well, there's an, there's an absolute trust there as well, that, you know, there's, we will we'll finish each other's sentences, but we're able to finish each other's thoughts. And I think that's really important. So there are times when I will actually think, God, you know, I'm not quite sure about this. Can, and, and Davina will be like, Davina will almost finish my sentence and be able to help me through it. You know, you can help each other out through whether it's deciding on a on a new new name for a bag or deciding on a new leather. We're, we're really in tune like that. And I can try, if I can't think of it, then I can trust Davina will have the answer for me, you know? It's it's a trust thing as well. You know, we, we've had to, we've worked together for so many years. We've, I mean, we've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, and it's it's been so nice to have someone on this journey. There's absolutely no way that I could have ever, ever created anything 
um, if it was on my own. You know, it would have been hugely, hugely difficult and certainly not as fun. <laughs> well, I think that is a lovely note to end the conversation on. Um, and I'm sure there are, there are people out there thinking, my colleagues aren't as much fun um, or as helpful as that. Um, <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Remember to check back here for the next instalment of The Big Juggle or hit subscribe so it downloads automatically. Thank you.